Well, hello. Welcome, Internet friends, to another episode of Parks and Conversation. This is a podcast. If you just found it on accident, let me tell you what we're doing here. This is a podcast where we watch an episode of Parks and Recreation, and then we converse about it. And by we, I mean myself, Jason, and my friend all the way across town, Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, it's good. Technology is a blessing and a curse. And right now, it appears to be a blessing. And so we pray to the Apple masters, let our technology work. Please, Tim. Amen. <laughs> Praise Tim. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So now that Tim has heard us, uh, Tim Apple, um, <laughs> then uh, let us get into it. Let's let's not dilly dally. Let you've got a, a very important drywall project to get to. Absolutely. I have a lot of sitting at home to do. Mm-hmm. So um, you know we're both busy. Uh, so today's episode is called Ninety Four Meetings. And the overarching theme of this episode is simply that April, in trying to keep people from meeting with Ron, scheduled everybody on a day she didn't think existed. Turns out, it does. Tension arises. And there's a gazebo problem. How's that? (laughs) Perfect. Just wedged (laughs) it in there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the cold open for this one starts out with uh, Leslie in her office and Mark comes by and says, I'd like to run something by you. And Leslie's like, I love it. I love having things run by me. And that is the most confusing response to uh, to this kind of request ever, because I don't know anybody who loves being interrupted to have a thing run by them. Do do you know anybody? I, I don't. I, I just hate being interrupted in general, mostly. And it's not like a, a respect thing or like, like it's more, I, I can't focus. And so if I get interrupted, I'm like, well, there went that 15 minutes and the next 10. So yeah. Right. Yeah. I read a study. Um, well, I started a study and then somebody came in and asked me something else. And then, but the basic study was every time you get interrupted, you lose probably like a half hour of productivity. Oh, there you go. See, I, I, I didn't finish that. the study because of that interruption. But oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. You know what? I forgive you. What are we talking about? I don't know. Uh, so, uh, but Mark's basic goal here is in this question that he wants to ask Leslie is whether or not she thinks it's a good idea that Mark ask Anne to move in with him. Oh, yeah. This is a big move, and. Uh, you know, his Could motivation be, I, is I, like, I don't know how much stuff he has. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's an important question to ask. Yeah, because she's got a whole house. Right. Oh, we don't even know. What, is, he could live in a cardboard box by Andy or something. I don't know. Yeah, he could have also lived in a pit. He has a truck and that's all we know. And a canoe. <laughs> he has a truck and a canoe. We know very, nothing about his life. He's very mobile. I mean, over land <laughs> yeah. or or water, he's fine. But as far as his living, he's, like I don't know. We don't know. He's only a few steps away from an amphibious vehicle. It's true. He had one more canoe that he could make some kind of sort of catamaran on the side <laughs> of his truck. He'd be he'd be good to go. At least it would make him interesting at that point. Yes, he is the khaki pants of this program. So um, as we are, so he is saying this because he's like, I don't think Anne thinks our relationship is moving fast enough. Mm. And so he's trying to solve it by 
taking a big next step. What we have seen over the past several episodes is that doesn't seem to be Anne's concern because she's tired of dating khaki pants is what it feels like. (laughs) So we'll see how that shapes up in the coming episodes. Um, Yeah. So this is kind of a weird, uh, like cold open. There's no joke really other than Leslie's response to the whole thing. And uh, she's just kind of perplexed. And I don't know. How do you, when you first watch this cold open, how do you read her perplexed state? Like, why is she perplexed? Do you think not knowing the cold, the end of the show, but like from this point, where would that be coming from? Yeah, I was thinking about that when I watched it. Just like, what was the whole point of that? And then her long, like, uh, what? Just because, I mean, they are both of her friends and she has a relationship with, had a relationship with Mark and they're good friends now. And, and, but then I think she realizes maybe it's not like, it's a fun, it's fine that they're dating, but maybe like as far as long-term, like, is this a great idea? So I, I think she sees that there's probably, that this isn't the best, you know, setup, I guess. I don't know. What did you think? I remember thinking that she's just upset that this is a a firm indicator that Mark is no longer going to be a potential oh. boyfriend for her. Like, like I that's how I remember thinking. Like, I thought she was over Mark, and now she's freaking out about this step that Mark is trying to take. Interesting. And I, I wonder if that might be part of as they were writing it, because like she doesn't have a boyfriend again. Like she's has like she's had Dave, she's had Justin in her life, and now they're both gone. And um, and so now this is one more of those times where it's like, oh, this is another person leaving. You know, so I don't know. I don't know if that was the writer's intention in her reaction um at the beginning, trying to build that tension in us. Um, it gets explained later, but, that's good. uh, yeah. So it's just, as one of those, I was like, that's an interesting move that they're making here. Um, yeah, it, was all again, the, the, it was all in the cold open too. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No real jokes. It, yeah, it was a, uh, a weird way to start the episode. Like, I will say this, this episode, yeah, this episode has a ton of jokes. So I feel like maybe the, the cold open, uh, we were talking about this before that, you know, maybe maybe there was so much content that they were trying to move the plot forward first just to get it going because there were there were a lot of jokes I felt in this episode. So, you know, you know, trade trade a little bit of 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 the beginning to get to the the fun stuff in the middle. I don't know. Like an Oreo cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Double stuff. Do you subscribe <laughs> to the like what's the point of the thins? Like I only I put like three of them together anyway to create one regular one. So what are we doing? It's just taking more time. Yeah, I think it is all an illusion to try to help people think Oreos looking out for my health. And oh, they're diet Oreos. That, yeah, they're diet Oreos. They're thins. Like it's not yeah. as much Oreo. You still get right. a taste of Oreo. But then it's like, well, I already started. I might as well finish this whole row of yeah. Oreos. And now it's more thins because there are more of them because they're thinner. I don't know. I do love the Oreo experimentation lab. Like new Oreo flavors. Mm-hmm. I love it. But I did yeah. see something on the internet that troubled me. They are now making gluten free Oreos. Oh, man. And I just, 
I know that gluten intolerance is a thing that we should be aware of. And I know that there are also people who just prefer to not eat gluten because they have reasons that yeah. I am not. I, I like if there's no medical reason. They just prefer not to do it. Right. They don't want to support big gluten. Yeah. But here's the thing. They are making a choice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> why? Why does every food manufacturer like just say like, hey, you guys made a choice. You're leaving us. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're not going to chase you down with these like imitation cookies. No. Like you left us. We're gonna keep doing our thing. We're gonna keep making birthday cake Oreos mm -hmm. and the vanilla Oreos, cinnamon roll. We're gonna keep doing our thing over here and things are going great. So you go find your own gluten-free whatever. Like that's not our job. I feel like every time one of these manufacturers says, hey, we're making a gluten-free option, they are stealing opportunity from us who are fine with gluten. And I feel like they're ripping people off because do you ever notice how gluten-free products are more expensive? And it's like, how is it more expensive to include less ingredient? It doesn't have gluten in it. Like that's got to be saving you money. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and where are they putting, where are they storing all the gluten? Like who now who has, like, I just feel like there's store storage areas full of gluten somewhere. I have bad news, Jeremy. What? The, uh, <laughs> the coronavirus vaccine. Is it all gluten? It's, it, it's in the gluten. Oh, great. I, I'm I fine I'm with gluten. A, I like the gluten. I'm not I a scientist. Give me the side, give me a, you know, my Oreo cookie with a side of gluten. It's, I'm, it's fine. <laughs> I don't care. Can I dip it in gluten? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so can, can we make, like, why aren't there products that are like extra gluten? Like, there's gluten free. Why can't we have double gluten, like double stuff? <laughs> Double gluten, gluten Oreos. Max. Yeah, gluten max. Glutinous maximus. I like it. I think that is a great idea. Uh, I don't, I'm still not really sure what gluten is. I know it's some kind of protein bonding thing. I don't know, but. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's I'm not way too early, really sure. Way too early for that. I know. It's, I'm, not a, I, I, I'm not a medical genius food expert. Uh, we'll meet one of those in the next season. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's the cold open. Uh, <laughs> the Oreos really have nothing to do with it. Nope. Um, but then what's that? I, oh, I said, no, I, I agreed. Oh, but then the, uh, the episode starts in earnest with April at the, the, her desk, not really paying attention to work phone rings. She answers it. And, uh, she's like, what? No, that's impossible. <laughs> And then looks up and she sees a bunch of people in the lobby. And this is a great way to set up the, the tension for the episode. Because like we don't know what that person is saying yeah. on the phone. We don't know why those people are in the lobby. All we know is this is April's fault. And the horror on her face just tells yes. like this is bad. Because nothing really gets April upset. And so... You know, like visibly. And so now we know. Uh, right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Bad news is a coming. And uh, so she goes into Ron's office and tells her, hey, you know how you love me because I make sure that nobody ever has, has any meetings with you. And like, I can keep all this stuff away from you. And uh, and he's like, yes. And then she tells him, like, I have a bunch of meetings today because I always schedule them for March 31st because I didn't think it existed. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then she sings this song uh like the january uh march may i can't remember like she sings the song that but she sings it out of order like she puts March or later in the year, which is the indicator that she's totally wrong. Like, so, like she's not good at calendar. So, um, yeah, I never, so that I was, never learned that song. So, oh, and really? knuckle, and I still don't know the knuckle thing. I just like oh, the knuckle thing's easy. You just January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Oh, I see. July I see. and August I are on the same. July and August are on the same knuckle. Okay. On the same, those are two, yeah. So you go from your pointer finger to the dip down, and then on July and August, you just stay on the same knuckle. This is why this is not a great system because you your instinct would be to go down into the the dip between knuckles for August, but no, you don't do that. So I don't know how you know when it's a leap year though, because January, February, you're like the dip has to be like just a day bigger. I don't know how you do that. Extra hair grows, I think. I guess. I don't know. So, yeah. But anyway, now she has a bunch of meetings and Ron's like, how do we handle this? Um, how many do we have? And she has, has 93. <laughs> and his reaction is so great. She's like, like he is dying inside. <laughs> and like, I feel like he wants to be mad, but he also uh, like is like, okay, she is doing good most of the time. This can't be as bad as I think it's going to be. And so he's like girding himself for um, for what's to come. But uh, yeah, so then she's like, you know what to do. And I love how like there's so many times in this setup where people are, are saying things like they had planned for these kinds of contingencies. Right. Like, you know what to do. <laughs> and I. Uh, they just go get Leslie, right? <laughs> Which is always the contingency because Leslie loves I, this kind of stuff. Yeah, to the point where she's like, "Oh, this is awesome! Can we maybe plan seven more to make it an even hundred? <laughs> right? Like that's Let's how much she it. loves it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she's like ready to go and eager to get things started. And then, uh, so Ron is like, "Well, you handle all the ones that you think you can do, and I'll handle the rest." Um and. Uh, that sounds like a really great plan. And Ron is probably thinking, I'll get maybe five out of this. Right. Because Leslie's just going to go for it. Yeah, his body um, language and, was kind of like him slinking off. Like, you got this. Yeah, like this is going to be fine. And uh, and then um, the first meeting Leslie meets, uh, it was with uh, a guy from the Pawnee Historical Society. Um, and he was supposed to meet with Ron three months ago. Because Jessica Wicks is planning a party for Nick Newport Sr. at Turnbill Mansion, which is a historical site, very important for the city of Pawnee. And she wants to make alterations. Um, and so <laughs> Leslie uh, cuts to a talking head of Leslie at the one of the many murals in Pawnee to explain the importance of Turnbill Mansion. And it starts out with this beautiful wedding ceremony between a Wamapok Indian and a settler of Pawnee um, on this gazebo. And, hmm. uh, you know, it was a beautiful secret ceremony and, a, you know, a hopeful moment for unity between the peoples. The rest, the reception was a bloody disaster. 
and like they the families found out and they killed each other there were three there were three survivors both of them horses yeah or two survivors both of them horses um so this is the this is like the kind of history that Pawnee wants to hold on to and and leslie is aghast that anybody would try to make alterations to this great building and so she uh leaves she's got a gazebo emergency uh, and a dollar for every time i had one of those yeah i mean you would probably owe somebody a dollar i would and i would uh, have you ever even so been she, in a gazebo like yeah like what do people like people just like hang out like hey you know what let's take this conversation to the gazebo well i think the gazebo is really intended to be like if it's in your own yard a place for you to go to sit in the shade but around here we have trees so, yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't see a great need for gazebo unless you want to sit outside while it's raining and not get rained upon, which is also, also fine. W- yeah, which also trees are pretty good for. I I agree. I oh, completely anyway. agree with that. So, yeah, so this gazebo, she needs to protect, protect it, defend it. Uh, she has uh, her help at running through these 93 meetings. Uh, is over because this is the only meeting she takes. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, and luckily for the episode, it was the first one. <laughs> right. It was like, right away. Boom. Out of here. So the person who's most eager to take the meetings, she's gone. She out and she takes Tom with her. Um, and so that's two people down to handle meetings. So Ron, wait, 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 before they leave, there was a little bit in there that I loved where she's she's ready for the meetings because she's wearing her comfy Uggs and they right. and turn out to be Tom's. I'm going to need those back. And she goes, yeah, they're a little bit too small for my feet. And then right as they're supposed to leave, she's like, I got to go. And she's trying to get the, the Uggs off. And she goes, oh, they're so tight. I can't get them off, <laughs> which is just a burn on, on Tom. This is great. It's so great. Tom's so, tiny <laughs> little feet. <laughs> I just yeah. love, I mean, and that's the thing I love about Parks and Rec. It's like, who, as a writer, who's thinking about these jokes? Like, what if Leslie's wearing Tom's Ugg? Like, it's, that's what makes the show so great. Because that did not need to be in there. And it was, I thought it was hilarious. So. Yeah. But yeah. And the fact that Tom had the Uggs at work. <laughs> right. Ready to go. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that is a uh, a fun little detail. And then the. uh um, yeah, so they leave and Ron's response is, I'm going to need more Ron Swanson's, <laughs> which is great because there's only Ron Swanson and the only Ron Swanson doesn't want to do any of these meetings. So having <laughs> more Ron Swanson's, how is that a solution to this meeting? That's, it's more, it's more people that want less meetings. So exactly. And so then it cuts to Tom and Leslie driving to the Turnbill mansion and, uh, Tom knows that Jessica Wicks is going to be there. And so that's one of the reasons why he's trying to like schmooze with her a little bit. And, uh, and so they're getting ready to go. And so Tom's like, real quick, I need to, uh, do my, uh, cologne cloud in the car basically. And so he starts spraying his cologne. So he's misted, uh, with attack by Dennis (laughs) Feinstein. (laughs) So, um, again, terrible, terrible names. And it's, you know, when you want to attack the senses of the woman you want to bed is how Tom says it. So all gross. Dennis Feinstein is already a creepy person. Like, we haven't even met him yet. And I wonder if as they were building out right. this character, the mystery of Feinstein, if they knew who they were going to cast as Feinstein. 
or if it was just like this is just a character that uh we want to have in the background uh and we'll find somebody who will be perfect later or if they knew this guy will be perfect let's build a character for this guy <laughs> either way i'm for it <laughs> yeah yeah whatever they did whatever <laughs> alchemy brought about jason manzukis and dennis feinstein uh i am for it yeah i'm a big fan of alchemy so um <laughs> So they're getting ready to go. So then Ron gets everybody's help. Uh, he gets April, Anne, and Andy, the three A's, triple A. Who do you call when you are in a disaster? Triple A. Um, and Jerry wow. comes along and is like, hey, that man. Was good. That was yeah, really wasn't good. It? Yeah. I thought about it all of just as I was talking. And <laughs> and uh, and so Jerry like, recognizes that things are really busy. And he comes in and is like, hey, do you need any help, boss? And Ron's like, no, you go ahead and go home. <laughs> So it's like, there's like, all hands on deck emergency. We need everybody. Oh, oh, what do you need me to? I'm like, no, take that, take that the day off. You're fine. Uh, so, um, so Ron is telling everybody like, Hey, just don't ruin the city. People just want to be heard. Um, and so they, uh, are getting ready to go and it cuts to Andy and April. It, she's bringing him a coffee as he's meeting people in the conference room and they have a super weird interaction. Because uh, April, as we found out last episode, is 20, Andy is 29, and the age difference is bothering Andy uh, because if they were, when she was born, he was in third grade, um, and uh, he's like, I don't even know anything about infant care. <laughs> I, I could have killed her. <laughs> it's like, Okay, <laughs> that's that's not how any of this works. But all right, <laughs> but, that's um, his, but that's his reasoning. It's a glimpse into the mind of of Andy. Yes, when he was nine years old, he could have killed a baby, <laughs> and it could have been April. So, uh, yeah. But part of it is like I don't think Andy feels like he's ever outgrown being nine years old. Right. Like this is like really where he's at. Like my my dogs. Like we've talked about Andy as being like a golden retriever. A dog is essentially like the brain power of a young toddler. Like <laughs> yeah. they can learn things, they can listen, they can um like they they pick up on stuff. But still, Maggie is never gonna graduate high school. She's that's, never that's, gonna that's be your, that's on, your dog. Yeah. She's okay. never <laughs> she's never gonna be on a you know a successful football team like Air Bud. Never. Never. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no, she's just a, a toddler. And there's so much of Andy that is just like a, a big toddler. And so, yeah, I mean, anyway. he wants to be uh, as, as he's doing this thing, he, he, he wants to be an FBI agent, Burt Macklin. Like he has alter egos, like he still plays pretend like Cowboys mm-hmm. and Indians and astronaut and stuff. He's like, I'm yes. FBI, FBI agent, Burt Macklin. Yeah. So he's got his uh, he's got his limitations, let's say <laughs> so. Um, and so it cuts back to Turnbill Mansion and Leslie meets Nick Newport Sr., who is uh, in a wheelchair and a blanket and very old, very, very old. And he seems very confused about what is happening. Uh, and part of the interaction is when he meets Tom, he looks at Tom and says, tell me straight, are you a Chinese? <laughs> and, uh, Tom's like, no, I'm one of the Indian people. So, it just leans, um, leans into it. There's a, another little joke in here that I love where she walks up and says, you know, hey, love nut. And he's like, biscuit. And and she's like, oh, and it's not a pet name. She actually feeds him a biscuit. Right. <laughs> biscuit. So good. Biscuit. 
Uh, yeah. So Jessica uh, Wicks, she was the uh, co-judge of the Miss Pawnee beauty mm-hmm. pageant several several episodes ago, um, and so she uh, doesn't. Well, I don't know if she doesn't remember her Leslie at this point, but she pretends to not remember Leslie. And then she also calls her, oh, yeah, Leslie Norp. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So they're reconnecting on a great level. Um, And Tom was also at the beauty pageant. And so this is all like part of Tom's big plan here. Um, And he's trying to uh, like build a relationship with Jessica because Jessica she married Nick Newport Sr. because she's a gold digger, but Tom is a gold digger digger. And uh, so he's just trying to get on the coattails. And so he asks, how do they meet? Um, and she's like, oh, Jessica. Uh, Jessica says, I was at the hospital for a ribbon cutting and Nikki was there because his blood doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> I don't know how that happens. <laughs> but Because his blood doesn't work. Uh, is, and she just work. says it like, no big deal. His blood just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and so they're in the house and they're looking at all of the alterations and the painting of the walls and like, it's a seafoam green kind of thing, which is Nick's favorite color, which I doubt she paints the floors black thinking she's doing everybody a favor. And then Leslie asks like, Hey, what did you drill in the walls for? It's like, Oh, to hang my present for, for Nikki. Um, and her present is a, life-size nude painting of herself and of Nikki <laughs> in the wheelchair. <laughs> looking Very just disturbing. As, looking just as confused in, as he is in real life. Like they didn't yeah. make, like usually paintings like that, you know, they puff up the grandeur of the person, you know, that they make them seem larger than life. And he's just, it's like <laughs> this old wrinkly dude that's naked in his wheelchair. It's yeah, even it's, more pathetic. <laughs> It's smaller than life. Right. So, yeah, it's just really weird. And it is really ultimately a gift about Jessica. Like she's making this these like I'm giving this gift to my husband, but it's really about her. And, you know, everything she's doing, she's trying to help out Pawnee by updating Turnbill Mansion. No, it's about her. Uh, and this is, I think, part of the, the tension with Leslie and Jessica is like throughout the series is Leslie really does want the best for the city. Jessica only really wants the best for herself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so we do see these. This this is a, a, a character that will come back several times in the series. And so, um, yeah, every time her motivation is what's best for Jessica, because she just loves money. Uh, we'll hear later. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so it cuts to the meetings. And the first one, Ron is meeting with somebody who's upset that they can't go to the the games anymore at the baseball field. And it says, you run says you yelled, you suck at players. Um, and, and then it's like, because they suck. Well, they were five years old and they suck. He's <laughs> just so mad. Um, so he's the yelling guy from the, uh, uh, town forums that that guy's in the meeting. Uh, and then the next person wants to meet with Ron and April says, Ron is dead. His last wish was that I meet with you. Uh, <laughs> Andy meets with a lady from the Ultimate Frisbee League. Um, and immediately, Andy just wants to join the team. And right. he's like, what's our name? Is it the Lightning? <laughs> he's like trying to take over the team. Um, and then Anne meets with a person who finds out that she's a nurse. 
and he just wants medical advice. Um, and Anne's response is every time. It's true. And it is true. Every time, like you, if you're living in close proximity to a nurse, like we're married to nurses, uh, they will Mm -hmm. have so many people ask medical advice. And my wife's response is usually, I'm not a doctor. (laughs) So what Anne is doing is not great. Like diagnosing people in the uh, courtyard of City Hall, not a great plan for medical treatment. But it might be some of the best medical treatment some of these people have gotten in a long time. So free screenings in the Pawnee courtyard. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Pawnee is not a great bastion of medical health. One of the first times my wife met a friend of mine from high school, this is, I don't know, 18 years ago, long time ago. He first time, first time she met this guy, he's like, Hey, Oh wow. You're, you went to nursing school. Can you look at this? And it was no joke. It was a mole underneath his nipple. He pulled up his entire shirt and just showed like, what do you think this is? And she said, yeah, she just looked at me like, this is your friend. This is in my parents' house. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, He turned, he's okay. It, It turned out to be nothing. Wow. It, well, it turned out to be a great story. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I just, I just, it's real. It happens. It happens, people. Oh, it absolutely happens. I believe it. I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish this story would have ended differently, though. Like Terry <laughs> saved his life. Oh uh, no! Turned out it was like a raisin or something. I don't know. Got stuck in. <laughs> That's disgusting. Uh, <laughs> this raisin has been stuck to me for months. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, wow. So, uh, so yeah, the meetings are going great. Cut back to the gazebo, to the, the Turnbill mansion. And, you know, they find out that Jessica hasn't destroyed the gazebo yet, which is great news. Uh, and Leslie is really um, trying her best to defend it. And uh, Les- uh, Jessica's plan is to destroy it later that afternoon. Um, and she's like, you can't do this. And she says, I look at that and I just see a mushy old pile of rot. And uh, Wes is like, this is history. Your husband's a mushy old pile of rot, Uh, which is also true. So many things are true in this episode. Um, And so Jessica calls Leslie a stick in the mud and she's not a stick in the mud. She just wants to keep a party from happening. Like there's so many great, (laughs) great moments for Leslie here. It's like, yes, you are a stick. This is literally the definition of a stick in the mud. I don't want people to have fun. So, um, and I don't know where that expression comes from. Stick in the mud. And but when you think about it, like if it's like, I don't want you to have fun. That is what a stick in the mud is like. They, there's nothing fun about a stick in mud. Well, I think it comes from the fact that like back in the day, that's the only thing that people could play with was sticks because that's all, all the world mud. had. Well, yeah, mud, because you, you, you weren't really supposed to get dirty and stuff. And so if you're out there playing with sticks, an adult came along and saw you playing with a stick and having actual fun, they would take it and throw it into the mud because you weren't allowed to go oh. into it to get dirty. So, yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, that's. Thank you. You're welcome. I did a report. We are learning so much today. <laughs> we are. <laughs> you did a report. That's good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you get in trouble and then you were forced to do a report on that? Yeah, it was. I was playing with sticks. <laughs> well, good job, man. I'm glad you yeah. learned something. Thanks. So 
yeah. So now that the conflict is really brewing over at Leslie's one meeting. Um, and <laughs> and so <laughs> Leslie leaves and goes back to City Hall and she's trying to get Ron to like get on her side here. Like, I need help. I need I need to stop Jessica from destroying Turnbull Mansion. And Ron just needs to go to the bathroom because he hasn't revealed relieved himself in hours. Uh, and Leslie just follows him right in there. And uh, they Ron freaks out. And Leslie's like, I need your help. And then Councilman Hauser is also in the restroom. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so uh, Ron escorts Leslie out of the restroom. And then Hauser comes out. And she says, oh, hello, I saw your penis, <laughs> so, uh, which is. And I, love, and I love how that whole thing was shot from the outside of the bathroom. Like it was just right. voices. So it was, yeah. that was great. Um, yeah, they do a really good job of uh, restroom shenanigans without having to actually go to the restroom. So, um, so then Andy uh, meets with, so we have that. And then we cut back to some more meeting vignettes. And so Andy meets with a lady who wants a swing fixed and uh, he was told not to say yes. And so he's trying so hard to not say no or yes, because it's such an easy thing. And at one point he just points up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just points uh, up. <laughs> like, so what does that mean? I don't know what, just say yes or no. Just say yes or no. <laughs> so that is i think that may be my favorite meeting when he just points up <laughs> and he shrugs and he kind of shrugs at the same time like you know like yes. eh. <laughs> you know what that means uh, like <laughs> so from total lack of verbal communication the next meeting is april just totally speaking jargon and business speak to this lady like you got to do an end run around them and if that doesn't work you got gonna try to have to go to city council yeah good luck there um <laughs> so like april says later i have no idea what we just said um and then ann is doing more medical screenings so that's her life all these meetings the people who came to see ron um but are told they're meeting with a nurse instead they drop their meeting with ron right yeah and just go with the medical thing so that's fun. Uh, and then Ron, his meeting is now with a dude in a Speedo uh, holding his shirt up and saying, is this too too much? Is this too revealing for a public pool? And he's like, Ron, Ron says, please get your junk off my desk. Yeah. <laughs> so my body makes you uncomfortable, too. And Ron just like nods. <laughs> like there's so, so many great little moments in this. So that 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 joke, though, that my body makes you uncomfortable. Uh, uh, makes you uncomfortable too. Um, it has an echo in a Seinfeld episode where Jerry fell asleep on the subway and the guy straight across from him, who was in many episodes of Saved by the Bell, um, he Jerry wakes up and the guy is completely naked just reading a newspaper. <laughs> and everybody on the subway has gone to the other end of the car. So it's just Jerry and the naked guy. And, uh, and Jerry, the guy says to Jerry at one point, I'm not ashamed of my body. And Jerry's response is, well, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, I just loved that so much. Well, you should be. <laughs> so um, I lost my notes. Uh, yeah. So. Um, Leslie is still trying to get help here. And so she goes to see Mark and get his input. And Mark is packing up and he's getting ready to go because he's going to take Anne on a date. Uh, and uh, so Leslie's pretty excited about that. 
And so once again, in my notes, <laughs> I just have, I wrote down Mark and like a little dash, like I was going to write something else and nothing happened. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. His, even his he, scenes are the most boring. His, his notes are the most boring notes in my notebook. So, Right. So early on, when you said, man, Jason, you're really harsh on Mark. I'm right. <laughs> He's a worthless <laughs> character. Well, it only He's, took us two, two seasons and like 30 some episodes to, to really confirm this. But I, uh, I agree. He had his, I mean, he had his moments. I mean, not really. I don't know. No, he had no moments. <laughs> The closest, the closest thing to a moment Mark had was at the Halloween party where uh, uh, Anne's coworkers were trying to see if Mark was 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 willing to cheat on Anne. Well, and he and he let Andy come in on their date. Like he was like, I feel bad. The guy's out in the rain. No, because Mark is a doormat. Like <laughs> yeah, he's, he's doing nice things. He's wrong. <laughs> he's a khaki pants doormat. Okay, and. Yeah, everything. I just, uh, I just can't stand the character. So, uh, <laughs> I'm so glad, so glad that he's going to be Brent Danaquitz shortly. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So then, um, cuts back to summary of the meeting so far. And Andy may have promised a new aquatic center and diagnosed <laughs> two melanomas. They're both benign, and uh, there are 20 more meetings. And Ron is pissed he loses um it. yeah he loses it and he you know, like yells at april in front of everybody and so they leave it takes a few minutes and 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 andy are trying to like apologize and console april and she's like i don't need you i don't need your sympathy um and so to which Anne responds i wasn't offering it <laughs> <laughs> so that was i thought that was a funny little uh dig there and uh so then Leslie, she's going to try to get a uh, a newspaper article on this whole gazebo prop, uh, problem, um, which, again, how many times does the Pawnee Journal publish in a day? Because this is right. going to happen today. What is the newspaper article going to do? Um, and so she's meeting with um, uh, Shauna Malway Tweep and... Uh, <laughs> She has a headline for her and everything. Uh, gazebo, more like gazoinksbo. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah, so she's trying to get the lady, uh, the newspaper on the, their side. And she talks about how it's uh, Nick Newport Sr. is doing this thing. And Sean is like, I'm going to stop you right there. The Newports own the Pawnee Journal. So we oh. are not going to be able to publish this story. Uh, uh, so, like the, the Murdochs uh, of Pawnee. Exactly. Exactly. So we need our own one Pawnee News Network. Um, <laughs> oh, the world. So many things. <laughs> so many things. Um, Barry, the aggression, Derry. Um, so then, uh, yeah, April uh, and Ron meet up. Meetings are pretty much done. They made it. And uh, she's got, she says, you have one more meeting. It's with me. And it's about me quitting. I quit. And uh, yeah, so the April's out. And uh, yeah, people are taking drastic action here. And so Leslie's drastic action is to go chain herself to the gate at Turnbill Mansion. Protest style. Yeah. To 
to keep herself from uh, giving over to the corporate overlords of Pawnee. And she chains herself right in the middle of the gate, um, thinking that it will open in the middle. But it doesn't. It opens on the side. And so it's a big door that opens with a sensor and the, <laughs> the the bulldozers come in and Leslie's like, throw the throw the Tom, throw the keys into the woods. And he does. And then the bulldozer comes and like honks and then just keeps driving. The door opens <laughs> and Leslie just swings out. <laughs> so great. So great. <laughs> One of my favorite, one of my favorite, like visual jokes, probably in the series. Like that's they, such a great commitment to the joke to just chain her. Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, it is the great, great uh, statement about so many protests too. Like there are times <laughs> where like protests are gr- like I, I value protests. Protest right. is important. Like it is a good <laughs> thing. But there are some times where protest is like, what are you doing? Like we both grew up in the church. How many times were we told to boycott Disney? Like, and then like two weeks later, people are like, well, yeah, I I booked this trip to Disneyland. So my boycott's (laughs) over. (laughs) What are you doing guys? (laughs) Like, like I have a commitment and here's Leslie is fully committed to everything except helping with all the meetings for the day. She just did the one, (laughs) but she's fully committed to that one meeting. Right. So, um, yeah, so they, uh, yeah, so <laughs> Kate keeps opening. Uh, I love it. Um, and, uh, so Andy and Ron are meeting at the shoe shine stand, which is probably the most important meeting of the day. And Ron is, uh, telling Andy that April quit. And <laughs> Andy's response is like, no, you got to You got to get her back. She's perfect for you. And, and he stands up. He's like, if you don't <laughs> rehire her, I will never work for you again. And he's like, you don't work for me now. He's like, and I never will. And he sits down <laughs> and starts polishing his shoes again. <laughs> Keeps going. <laughs> and like Ron looks at the camera and that and that moment is just like, you guys see this, right? <laughs> like, like Andy has <laughs> Andy has no idea what he's talking about. Um, and yeah, so, and yet the look on Andy's face was like, I won that. Like I, yeah. I, <laughs> I bested this interaction. <laughs> so, uh, so Ron goes to April's house and he's going to try to win her back. Um, and he meets April's parents, Larry and Rita, and they call her Zuzu. So we're learning a lot about April right now. Um, and Ron also meets April's sister. And my notes on, on her were, even more standoffish than April. So like as she's texting in the living room and then Ron's like, you must be April's sister. She just gets up and like slouches away from him and walks out of the room. So like, it's like, wow, I, yeah. I met people like this. This is a real person. So I, yeah. Excellent character. Uh, a- April's character, I guess is based on her sister, her uh, Aubrey Plaza's real life sister. And so I think this is even like a, bigger personification of it's like well if she had a sister how much more awkward would she be so that was pretty great well she nailed it because even uh when you are earlier in the miss pawnee episode this is the first time we heard about april's sister and her (laughs) impersonation Impersonation. of her sister um and uh yeah and it, it was like nailed it and then we actually meet her like wow 
so good. Um, <laughs> and on and the April Jessica calendar, was at that thing. So right, right, yeah, it all comes around. I was just gonna say, like um, April's parents, they're the nicest, most seemingly down to earth people. And uh, I even love the joke, like you know, can you please take your shoes off when you come in to Ron? Like it's a mm-hmm. it's a shoes off. Like we all know people like that. They're super nice and but clean. And now we know why yeah. April's the way she is. And I love that Ron holds his shoes the whole time. Yeah. He doesn't just set them on the ground. He holds them like like to his heart. Yeah, <laughs> like, he doesn't want anybody to steal his shoes. That's what I was thinking. Is he like, <laughs> is he worried that the four people in this house might steal his shoes? And he's not going to leave any more than the entryway to the house. Like that's <laughs> that's where he is like building his his base of operations. <laughs> right. Like, just set them down, man. Uh, so that would be, be an amazing way to just to get shoes. Like people come over, can you please take your shoes off? And then they disappear somehow through the, you know, the time that they're hanging out with you. And then they go to leave. Like, where's my shoes? Like, I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's a real bummer. Yeah. Well, I hope you're, yeah. uh, hope your feet stay warm. Um, so the, uh, after, um, they, they cut back to April, uh, to Leslie at the at the gate, and um, she's worried that uh, Mark and Anne are um, never going to be her friends again. And uh, she's so she's telling this to Tom, and they cut her down. They come to cut her down from the gate, and um, and then uh, Leslie and, and Tom are in the car, and like she's like, I just got to do one more thing, and she runs back into the meeting. <laughs> or into the the party because she wants to apologize. Um, And the way she apologizes is, you know, not really an apology, but it was like, I was wrong and I'm sorry. Can I have some cake? (laughs) (laughs) And I love Jessica's song (laughs) as she's singing that to, uh, (laughs) it's like a love song, but it's also like really, really sad because like the midnight of my heart is you. <laughs> like that was the last line of the song. Like, I is this even, a real song? <laughs> I, I, I didn't even hear the lyrics because I was laughing so hard at the fact that she's singing to a harp. Like just just that, that's <laughs> yes. that's the instrument. Like like I've never yeah. <laughs> how many people just sing to a harp, you know? Yeah. And like did Jessica write this song? <laughs> right. And like, you know who what's really gonna follow this melody wonderfully? is my harpist, my harpist. I'm going to get my harpist here. And like when we, we saw her at Miss Pawnee, she won and uh, her talent was not singing. Do you remember what her talent was? Uh, Wasn't it baton twirling? No, that was, um, that was the hot one. Uh, Dancing. (laughs) No. Tap tap dancing. She packed a suitcase. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say ventriloquism next, but I knew that wasn't right. No, yes, no she won because she packed a suitcase. <laughs> That's right. That was her talent. And so here she's singing, which we know is not the talent she was um, employing <laughs> to win Miss Pawnee. So, and it's not good. The song is not good. The lyrics are bad. The midnight of my heart is you. Um, so, uh, and that'd be, yeah, a, so that'd the, be a great the, t-shirt, bro. Oh, <laughs> or Valentine's Day card. <laughs> or a mask. <laughs> like a, a mask with that the midnight of my heart is you <laughs> yeah. oh that or you know they they do have like apology cards i'm so sorry for being a terrible person what if you had a no i really meant it card 
just hater hater cards. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, that would be great. Like you no, know, like you go to Fred Meyer and you see like birthday, grandma's birthday, grandma's adoption, all the different things, and and then you have one that just said, "No, really, I mean it," and it's like <laughs> your breath is terrible. <laughs> I, no, you should not buy the, that car. Like <laughs> all the things, like everything people might fight over. You chew too loud. <laughs> your politics are wrong. <laughs> yeah i think this would be great all right funny. um so where are we at so uh yeah so it cuts back to april she finally comes to the the house uh to see ron and ron's like andy told me that i should hire you back so i need you to come back <laughs> and um april um kind of is standoffish and then she says fine sure it's like all right i'll see you at work tomorrow and so then she says I'll see you later Duke Silver. Dun, dun, dun. Well, yeah, because he left trying to... I know, because he left trying to say goodbye, Zuzu. Like, he right. had the upper like, hand jokingly. on her. Yeah. Right. And she's like, see ya, Duke Silver. Like, uh-oh. And he just cl- stops closing the door <laughs> and turns back around and says, how did you know? She's like, my mom has all of your albums. I knew from the first time I met you. He's like, have you told anybody? He's like, yeah. no. Good girl. Yeah. <laughs> which which also which is kind of creepy, but yeah. So there and then I but love Ron this has a a you know like father-daughter relationship with April. Yeah. yeah. And so like he's mentoring her in the ways of not caring about work. <laughs> like, like this is we're watching 30 Rock, Kathy and I, and like the Jack Donaghy, Liz Lemon mentorship relationship <laughs> yes. is the inverse of Ron and April. Yes. Ron is trying to get Liz to achieve and Ron or, or Jack is trying to get Liz to achieve and Ron is trying to get April to slow everything down. Yeah. So they're great examples of the many options of mentorship. So one of the big so, things I had for this that I thought was pretty amazing was this whole episode sets up Andy and April's relationship because if she hadn't screwed this up, she would, I mean, her mistake basically brought her and Andy together because I think she was on the way out of after that awkward uh, interaction at the bar, they were kind of separating. And I think she felt like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't going to happen now. And the reason why she quit was because Ron was mad. There's nothing there for her with Andy. And when Ron tries to get her back, that wasn't enough. But when he says, well, Andy said that you should come back. She's like, okay, I'll come back instantly. And then we know Mm -hmm. that they, they get, you know, end up spoilers. They get together later. But if she had, stayed quit if she quit and and andy she never found out that andy said anything about her um you know how often do people just like go back to sit like she would have quit forever and i doubt her and andy ever would have gotten together so like this whole thing kind of came i I just thought it was really cool way to get them back because she needed to know that andy did care about her and just this one little thing was enough for her to come back so i was really really cool way that they wrote that in there yeah. And like she does not care about this job at all. Yeah. She cares about the relationship with Andy, which, you know, put on my feminist study hat. <laughs> not a great like characterization of feminism. Right. I know this, but like she knows like she really likes Andy. Mm-hmm. And this is the only way she's ever going to see see him regularly is to be in the same building. Yeah. Because they. They live in different worlds. And so like she 
is willing to go back to work um, because she really likes Andy. And Andy is a, is a big, dumb person, and he doesn't really get it. Like, like what he said to Ron, like, I don't think he really understood the weight behind the words that that weight would have with April at this point. Like, he knows, like, I'm into her. Like, he, he's, but he's like, I don't want to, like, have a weird, creepy old relationship. Yeah. You know, because he didn't want to, he doesn't know anything about infant care. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and as oblivious as Andy is, he still sees, like... <laughs> the truth in, in situations, you know, he, he does call it out. And so, you know, he makes Ron see like, dude, no one's going to be worse at their job for you than April. Come on. Who, who right. else are you going to find? Yeah. You know? And, <laughs> right. and that, and he's like, Oh wow. I didn't think of it that way. He was just focusing on the inconvenience of all of the meetings, you know? And yeah, as we see in the, in yeah. the cold on the, in the clothes, just how much it actually strengthens their relationship. Right. Yeah, her and Ron, it is her and Ron. a yeah, it is a a great way to kind of wrap up the the bad day. Like some so many times, people make terrible decisions because they had a bad day, mm-hmm. and you know Ron is having a really bad day, but he's had two years of no meetings exactly because of April, because she's great at making sure he doesn't have meetings, <laughs> except yeah. this one time. <laughs> and so like there's a a character turn here for Ron as well to be cuz he's so like uh not carry about other people so much of the show but here he does care about April. Yeah. And we're seeing that that he is becoming more um more compassionate towards her. He's recognizing that she had a bad day um and it's you know it's not worth firing somebody over. Uh, even yeah. though he has every, uh, all the authority to do it, to let her go, to ha- let her quit, to let her just, he totally could, but it's not the right thing to do for the person. Yeah. This felt like one of those, would you like a, like the writers were in a, in a meeting, like, would you rather have like one meeting every day or just all of your meetings on one day? Like, what would that, oh, my what, word. Would, what would that look like? Oh, and then you don't have any meetings for the rest of the year. Oh, Man, that is a tough decision. Can <laughs> I can I spread the meetings out with everybody else like Ron did? Oh, yeah, as long as you get them all done one way or the other. Like okay. the, just, the decisions that get made are I mean, you got to stick to them though. So if your people, you're responsible for their decisions. Oh man, if they, can if I they put prom- time if limits if they- on the meetings? <laughs> uh sure. Yeah. Oh, and do I choose the limit? Um Based on based on an, an, an equitable amount of time that would get all of the meetings done in a day, yes, they have to be. So you can't just be like, oh, "I'm going to have one long meeting and then everything else is thirty seconds." Okay. Yeah. Okay. But like, if they were all the same time, mm-hmm. that would fit within an eight-hour day. And yeah. Okay, I would go all the meetings in one day. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That'd be yeah. Uh, if especially if I could share. And based on the rule that I just put down, all the time could fit in to an eight hour day. It doesn't mean it has to be an entire eight hour day. Gotcha. <laughs> and uh, so every meeting will be one minute, yeah. hour and a half. I'm out of there. <laughs> so I always wanted to like, it. <laughs> when I was in high school, like I just, my would you rather all or nothing was, or all or just a little bit was like, was, was acne. I know that's a weird thing to bring up, but it was like, I just, I just wish I could just have one really bad week or two 
uh, and just get all of this done with because just having a giant zit come up every other week is stupid. Can I just have them all right now? Just all of them. I don't care. Everyone can make fun of me, you know, whatever. Let's just get it done with. Yeah. And, you know, at the time you were probably watching Randy Johnson and saying, man, this guy's got it together. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I I can handle one week, end up looking like Randy Johnson. I mean, you guys are the same height. So all you need is a super awesome mustache. (laughs) Yeah. Working on it. It's been a while. (laughs) Get my mullet going. Yeah. Anyway. So Randy Johnson was awesome. Oh, yeah. Dude, that guy was he could throw a ball very hard. Yeah, he exploded a bird. He <laughs> so. did explode a bird. I showed that to my kids. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I mean, because they're right. It is the coolest thing ever. Like, first of all, what are the odds that a bird just in the middle of a game is going to fly right in front of the busiest part of the field? Like, that's where all the action is. Like, How on earth? Maybe you thought it was a free french fry. Like, <laughs> that guy it. is just nope. throwing that french fry back and forth i'm gonna get it <laughs> yep. it was a warning to all the other birds <laughs> yeah we haven't seen one since so i mean i've seen birds but right. not interfering in a baseball game <laughs> now it's for cats yeah. and football games how can we get the cats oh. to stop running on the fields so See, it's a yeah dynamic. all right well 94 <laughs> meetings there's one more meeting after yep. in the credit scene where april has a guy come in is like i'd like to meet with ron swanson and april you can see Ron in the office and she's like, right. he's not, he's very busy right now. He's just whittling a duck. <laughs> and, uh, and so she schedules the meeting. Uh, I wrote down as many as I could, um, uh, for June 50th at two sixty five. How about March September 11th? <laughs> yep. And he's just like, like, what are you, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I did like the, uh, June 50th. Cause that would be July 20th. Um, you did the math if you just did the <laughs> it's easy because i went january february march God. april may june that's a 30-day month july so just add 20 on to 30 um so that's it um all right yeah so this is a great fun episode there was a lot that happened they packed a ton of stuff into 22 minutes and yeah. we ended up talking 58 minutes about it now, there was some Oreo talk in there, some yeah. would you rathers about meetings. I mean, we diverged a little bit, but for the most part, we were laser focused, right? I think so. Yeah, exactly. I, okay. You well, talk I hope for people write another... that on our annual review. <laughs> we should talk for a minute and four more seconds just to make it an even <laughs> to, 60. Oh, uh, what if we, oh man, what if we made this a 94 minute episode? People would hate us. Um, <laughs> Let's just keep talking. <laughs> I don't know if the program that we use allows that long, so I don't want to test it out so all, all right. right but we should be done because you've got that drywall project and oh, i need to make breakfast <laughs> okay all <laughs> so. right well till next time what's the next episode i don't know <laughs> i didn't look i think it's uh I, my mouse isn't working um it could be the telethon this is where this is where things start happening to get rid of mark so Finally. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, man. Yeah. Telethon, Master Plan, Freddy Spaghetti. That's season two. I love it. I love it. Strong ending. Yeah. All oh, right. The strongest. Cool, All right. Man. Well, then I will uh, see you uh, around and we'll talk next week on another episode of Parks and Conversation. Sounds good. All right. See ya.